We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we record this podcast on and pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. The Vale Podcast, leading the way thanks to Robin Vale Leading Appliances. Donnie, you're back. Hi Jade, how are you? Good, welcome Sorry back. I couldn't make it last week, but uh, that pesky I have got thing. a second job. A second job? <laughs> yeah, so this is me first is obviously, it? but uh, I've got a second one and I had to, yeah, I caught up with that, um, yeah, the old... Uh, the old irrigation, the irrigation wasn't thing. going really well. Well, so. I did pass on one of our one of one of my clients, yeah, Ardell Water Solutions. Yeah, very nice man. Did speak to him. So, I should yeah. um, ring a bell or something when we have a sponsor. Yeah, but, that's right. Um, yeah, they've done a lot ring of work. Ding, they've, ding. they've done so. a fair bit of work actually around Robinbar. Yeah, uh, very good. Apparently, I don't All know much about. All sorted now. Mm. So um, yeah. So did you miss me last weekend? I did. Oh, I week? really did. Yeah. Yes, we didn't actually get to talk about footy much at yeah, all. Oh, that's a shame. No, that's no. a shame. Um, we will talk about it really quickly. Yes. Coming into finals now. Yes. Boys are playing first semi-final this week down at Oyen. And We're how's everyone going to go? Oh, How many oh. are to come back into the senior side? Six? Oh, I'm not 100% sure. Five think, or six, I reckon, Leon said last week. But I, I think there's still a lot injured. So <sighs> I'm not sure whether they'll go in carrying injured players or not. So... But the old injection might come out this week. Who knows? We so. They still do that? Oh, of course they do. <laughs> course. Got me through many years. <laughs> yeah, in the old days, Donnie. You've been playing for 85 years. <laughs> Two years ago. <laughs> um, I think so I'm you... still playing because I'm not taking these injections every week. Jeez. Yeah, well, maybe. Hey, um, reserves, how do you reckon they'll go? Um, hopefully they go well. But um, are they order... playing? They play oh, Imperials, Imperials, which yep. probably done a job on us a couple of weeks ago, actually. Mm. Um, but there's, yeah, the seniors are going to take a few of our resi players, like Aidan Clarko and Sheldon and Millsy Felice. So, look, I hope Kako, they win. Kako would be, he's a gr- he's got skills. He kicked three he? again last week in the losing side, in the seniors, yeah. So like, To look at him walking down the street, you think, nah, he yeah, play no, he can play. Very he smart. can play. Very he's smart. He's got that footy brain. Yeah. You he, know when it's frustrating, and I was one of always one of these athletes that had all the heart in the world, yeah. bugger all ability. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a classic. Don't, you don't have to agree with me. No, it's a classic case of yeah. don't judge a book by its cover with Kako. Um, yeah. And he's... He probably doesn't look. He looks the probably the eighties footballer, really. Yeah, you know, yeah, but exactly. He comes, the way he uses his body is unbelievable, and he's yeah, a very, yeah. very good kick of a footy too. Yeah, so, um, which is good. Yeah, very smart. Um, he's, he he won the leading goal kick in the twos this year with fifty odd goals. Yeah, so right. So there you go. Effort. Yeah, he goes yeah. right, the lads. So, so he's playing in the ones this week. Yeah, he's How played in the ones go? the last couple of weeks. Look, Wentworth have beat him twice this year. So um, the backs against the wall, but if they come out fighting, who knows? They you might know. have to bring up uh, D Felvo. Uh, Defoe will be on the beach in Port Douglas on Saturday <laughs> afternoon. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's... A, who, but, now, we spoke about BT and Shania getting married during footy season. Yes. Donnie Felvo, who books a Port Douglas holiday during finals? Carmel Felvo. <laughs> and you know... Oh, fair enough. You, you know who's boss, so you just shut up and go <laughs> for Jade. Well, so. you know what? That's the best advice so, ever. So, you know, um, hey, look, at the end of the day... Um, I wasn't playing footy. I retired for the fifth time. I was going to say you. And I come back just to have a bit of a kick. And she said to me, "Um, I'm going to book a holiday for this date. And I said, yeah, that's fine. Because if we're playing finals, we'll be in the second semi. Thinking that we'd already won enough games to get second spot. But the problem was is uh, two other sides are just as good as us. And we (laughs) finished on third. So um, hopefully the boys can win and they go further and um, yeah, get to a grand final. Wouldn't it be good to have under-18s, resis, oh, well, under-14s, 16s, 
be great to have everyone. We did in. that in 1997, actually. Yeah. We'd uh, had the 18s or 17s back then, yep. reserves and seniors, all win the grand final. Yep. Only team to done it in the SFL's Who history. Co- was that Jorgo that coached? Simon Jorgensen was a yep. coach. I think Nick Foster coached the Rezies, and I think Pat Healy coached the under 18s. Yeah, right. Just going on that, in our last <laughs> podcast, I'll put the challenge out to This Jane. was a couple of weeks ago with to, Jane O. Yeah, yeah. With Jane Aikman to. Um, to win the next grand final for the A grade because I said Five that year I, plan. yeah I said mm. that, that you were involved in that plan yeah, actually yeah. I said that um, I don't think Ron had won one as popular as podcast has been mate we have got listeners yeah I actually got got a text message from one of my mates that live in Melbourne mm-hmm. and he actually said yes they have won a grand final it was 205 mm, which 2005. I, was, I was busy that year so I actually didn't see much of that year but he's gave me some names of the girls who were in there and Abs I'm, played that year Maria, Maria Upson, yeah, yeah she was in it um and the guy that gave me these names he would have been all over these uh not really <laughs> no, really but he would have been all over the netball side of it, knowing him. I won't mention his name. Mm. But Jane Keating was a playing coach. Yeah, okay. And then we had Courtney Healy, who's gone on to she, bigger yeah. and better things yeah. now. Um, Katie, her, her boyfriend was um, Brenton McMasters, which were recruited from yeah, Darwin. Right. Yeah, Okay. Ash Healy played in it also. Marie Absalom, like we just mentioned. And Jenny Matthews. And there was a couple other girls that he couldn't recall. But... Stand to be corrected. They have wow. one and one. There you go. So there you go. So, oh, there you which go. is great. But um, yeah, our podcast is gone. I had um, Sam Campagna from Poland. Poland, I know. On the face on the messenger the other day, and, mm. um, listening to our podcast and enjoying it, saying it's great for the town. Yeah. That old expats can listen in and uh, see where the town's going, yeah. which is good. I've got friends and family in the states that are listening. There you go. Yeah, and logging onto the website as Sam well. Sam was really uh, interested in. The ag visas and all that kind of because obviously he owned a block or his father owned a block and I told him what we pay now what we pay now for a vine to get pruned and a box of grape and he was like you're mm. joking you must be getting a lot of money for it I said no getting the same money you got back then mate but it is what it is yeah. So, yeah. so he was he actually mentioned that if Jamie's sitting so Sido if you're listening we yeah. need to get you on because everybody wants to hear about ah. you and what you're up to yeah so. I had um, I had some people during the Almond Blossom Festival as well talk about um, some ideas and I'm, we're always up for ideas Course. because this yep. is just going to be ever evolving and we're, yep. we're starting to do story times the next one's with Phil Lamartina yep. he's just texted me going when's my segment on <laughs> alright Phil I'm still I'm still producing I was going to use some bits from the project but I've yeah. got to get permission all that kind of stuff yeah of course yeah. Friday or Sunday but um, another idea was to get uh, people that ha- grew up in Robin Vale that have moved away yeah. to get them to just call in have a chat yeah. where, where they are you know, exactly what they do what yeah. memories, of the, memories of the town they have yeah that's right um, all that kind of stuff even ask, ask some questions about yeah, you know exactly yeah. right you so, know, um, it's amazing how many people have moved away from mm. our town uh, but still hold it pretty close to their heart. Oh, yeah. It's, and, it's home to a lot of people. And exactly right. No matter where they go in the world, Ronville's still home. Yeah. And, yeah, they like to know what's going on in town yeah. because obviously they've probably still got family here, got people they yeah. know. So they still want the town to be a great town what it was yeah. back 20 years ago, 30 yeah. years ago. And yeah, it is the same town. It's got the same river. It's got the same community <laughs> the river's spirit. river's not going anywhere. <laughs> oh, it might go dry. That's about it. <laughs> it's but, not going to go dry, Donnie. It's not going to go dry. Well... Not if, the talk oh, I'm not even going to 55% no. allocation this year if the weather continues I know. Right and is. you know what I actually sat down we had coffee with a counsellor at Weeman on Saturday yeah, that, you know, yeah. two weeks ago with um, Councillor Moore yeah. who's 
he's been around a long time, done a lot of things. Yep. And I had a chat to him about water because he's a farmer as well. Yep. And he started to talk about the the history behind it, um, like going back to the 1800s and why, uh, you know, downstream in South Australia, why that's all yep. gone to the dogs. Yep. Um, and he's like, you know, this is this is where we're at now and this is why it's happened and this is what should happen moving forward because he yeah. was our representative on the Murray-Darling Basin Association, um, which councillor no longer a, yeah. a member of. But, um, yeah, I had a chat to him and I went, councillor, we need to get you on the podcast yeah. to have this conversation so everyone can hear it because he explained it to me in a, yeah. in a much simpler term because if you were to, to read all the documentation and to learn oh, about it, you'd be reading for a yeah, week. No, um, but anyway, it's a it's, – I'm and a nerd, I, I think, and I think, if you're not involved in the horticulture or agriculture industry, you, you probably don't know don't how bad it. it is at no. the moment. Um, and, and that's what we need to get out there and mm. say, well, this town is built on water, mm. and if we've got no water, it was settled here because of the river. Exactly. Yeah. And where are we going to go? Uh, and and that's the thing. And there's, you know, I'm a third generation blocky. Yeah. And I want my son hopefully to get into the industry, but your son with those blue eyes, he's going off to be a model or movie star yeah, or something. He's, he's got a bad attitude for a little year old. So. Perfect for but drama. No. <laughs> Jade, I'm telling you, he's not a rocket scientist, so he'll be a blocky, so there's no doubt Michael? about it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he um and look, I want him to be a farmer if he wants that. I'm not gonna push him in, yeah, obviously, yeah. but um but if there's no water He's got to go yeah. and do our. Uh, he wants to play AFL football, which is great, mm. but there's got to be a B plan. <laughs> and um, so that and look, yeah, it's easy to say we turn the tap on, there's water come out, but one day if we turn the tap on, there's no water. It'd be yeah, too late. So, yeah, exactly. Then what do we do? Exactly. But yeah. we still we still need our town to thrive. And the only way it's going to happen is if we've got water. Mm, that's so, it. We're an irrigation district. About, yeah, agri visas because that is a problem. <laughs> but if we've got no water, we don't have to employ it. Hey, so. um, we're recording this on Tuesday this week and there yep. are council meetings being held in Robinvale and there is a, uh, a motion being moved um, about ag visas yep. and advocating with, with the state and feds and sending letters to all sorts of different ministers. Yep. So... Um, by the time this drops, it will have gone out, but you'll yeah. be able to read about it in the minutes from the cool. council meeting. Yeah. So that's something that we're actively now advocating with the other two tiers of government. Yeah, so that's great. Yes. Yeah, so that's a... How's uh, Ellie going with the old scale? Ellie's mate? here today. She's. So we couldn't grab her on today? Well, no, hopefully she will. Um, yeah. Her media advisor, Jimmy's having a birthday today. Oh, so, just, uh, But they are around. So yeah. hopefully we'll be able to drag her in yeah. to, uh, to where we're recording today. Another thing You've I got wanna... your rates notice. Yes. Now, got... let, hang on. Before you start, this as a counselor yes i don't do operational stuff and no, i know okay. that's hard to to define it took me yeah. a little while too but um happy to happy to take your questions well, just, and refer you i on. thought i was coming in anyway so i got mm. me rates notices for my properties the other day and i opened them and i nearly had a heart attack to be honest because they've gone up a lot yeah you know why capital improved value now my point here, and I realise they've gone up because yeah. the land value's gone up yes, so much. Obviously. Now, yes. people talk about not investing in Robinvale because there's no capital growth. Really? You look at that rates notice and you tell me there's no capital growth in your exactly land. Exactly right. And I did ring a, a, a nice young chap. At, <laughs> I don't know if he's young, but he, um, he told me the reason. Yeah. Uh, and I said, okay, that's, um, that's great, but... I'm not in the... I'm That's not great. In, Put it on the market. I, but exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to sell. So yeah. you might be valuing my property at that, but it's, mm. I'm not selling. So I've got to actually pay these and shut up because mm. 
other people around me are sold for big money. Well, you know, that's great and whatever, but if we keep on going up with these rates, I might have to sell well, because And that's the thing, when when your neighbours are selling their land for so much money Yes. And then the the value general does the report every twelve months and they realise that this is and you can see that report, it's online and Robinvale in the whole municipality has had the biggest growth. And payers that's end great. Up for that's it. great, Shay. <laughs> but great. yeah, the, the million dollar face. question is: is when is that money going to be spent back in our town? Well, it's it's happening. I promise you. I can't talk about much yet, but the yep. Bromley Road project yep. will start. The beautification project. So those old gum trees will come down. Those old gum trees are coming well, down because they'll come down yeah. very shortly. Anyway. They're actually well, yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, they're actually not. Well, trees. Anyway, they've, they're dying from the inside out, so they've got to come down, which is why the branches are starting I'd to fall. I'd love to see a bit of grass and a few you know, plants. You should have been on the committee. The plants are done, Donnie. Where's the plants? Uh, they, I think the they'll be up in the resource centre in the not-too-distant future. Yeah. Tenders have gone out. The construction will start very, very soon because um, the tender for the construction's being awarded, yep. um, and then the landscaping. So this will be all beautified Jeez, by the Imagine that will have a nice year. entry into our town. I know. How good would that look? I know, and I'd love to, when we talk to Ellie Kappa later, she's got her, um, she's doing her politician in the pub at the golf club. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'd love to talk to imagine her about getting a, pub, a big almond a or a pub. big grape. I know. Yeah. Um, like at the Murray Valley Highway Oh, just yeah. to see, yeah. like, how good would that be? Yeah, no, really nice. Yeah. Apparently, so there's got, all sort of issues around it. We've got great things like the golf club you just mentioned. Mm. Uh, now, imagine if we just just fine tune a little few, few few little things in our town. Imagine if that was marketed. Oh, hmm. and now they're talking about. Uh, I've asked them. Uh, just outside of Bromley Road, there, um, there's supposed to be a something happening there. On yeah, the workers' village. Lines. Yeah, workers' yeah, yeah. village. That'd be another big thing yeah. for our town. So yeah. you know, things are booming in our and, town, and that will that's. Um, that workers' village will happen in stages, but that is um, the Paringa model that we were talking about at yeah. the housing strategy information session the other day yep. where um, the management, I think it's Rockford's in uh, South, South Australia, Australia. Yeah. yeah, do the citrus. Um, yep. And that will be that will be brilliant. And that will solve a lot of the problems oh, with sure. suitable accommodation because it's in town, the town's accessible, so services and amenities are accessible that they may not be out on farms. And imagine if so, we have all that. We just mm. spoke to Clinton Norton. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. We might actually... She'd get those facilities back Correct. at the health centre, not yeah. hospital. If everyone's here legally exactly on an ag right. visa. Ag and visa. can be, can, can be counted in the next census. So we've just got to get ag visas and water in the river and we're set. Yeah, well, so, pretty much. And if you've got, a complaint, hard, if you've got a complaint about your shire rates, just give Jade a no, call. No, don't call me. Call, call <laughs> the we'll planning start department. A peti- we'll start a petition. <laughs> no, you're not going to start petitions. We're going to talk to um, – who we got first? Who do we have first? Uh, we have Paula. Yeah, Paula. We'll talk to Paula about basketball <laughs> in a minute. Don't call me about your rates. <laughs> time to talk a little bit more sport because it's that trans-seasonal time of year. And I quite like it because there's pretty much everything on. We've got basketball. We've got footy, netball. Well, Robinvale netball's finished. Paula is here from Robinvale Basketball Association. Hello. Hi, Jade and Donnie. How are you? Oh, we're good. Donnie's in holiday mode already. He's just not concentrating. Hi, Paula. How are you? <laughs> good, thanks. Hey, Paula, um, you've been on the committee at the Basketball Association for how long? Um, I first joined the committee in 2011, so I think this is, what, my eighth or ninth year yeah. on the committee. Yep. I've umpired before that, played as a junior, played representative. Now, you played well. rep. Okay, stop. Let's talk about this because Stevie and I were talking about rep sides last week. Yeah, I'm as passionate about the reps and would love it to happen. Yeah. 
every, so what's stopping it? Every year mm-hmm. we try, mm-hmm. but Donnie, I'm sorry, football kills me. <laughs> we have 450 players. We outdo you footballers. Yeah, that's true. But in a small town like this, mm. it's footy netball and I 100% people play football, play netball. Yeah. But when it's over... Get on the basketball court. Yeah. Get on the tennis court. Get on these other sports. We just can't get our numbers to run, represent. I can show you messages every year I put it out there. Yeah. Looking for kids wanting to play reps. The carnivals are like they're two grades, Mm. like an upper grade and a lower grade. Mm. We could never go away and step into a first grade. No. Without doing the smaller carnivals first. Of course. They always fall. They used to always fall the Madura one on interleague. So oh, yeah. all your kids are out, <laughs> yeah. you know, or they'd fall in March when our grand finals are on. Yep. What about which, Swan Hill? That's in October. Yeah, but we're just starting. We haven't even got joined members and things and they're still on the football field, which they've got to train. I know that. But I've got to get it in their heads now to get That's to good. get into that. You know, like last year when I put it out there saying I wanted to enter the Mildura comp because the interleague was changed dates mm. and it actually didn't clash, mm. I had five parents committed to playing but those five parents all different age groups yeah that makes it hard i would love to take kids away Mm. i i trained the moi moi boys and things they'd turn up down there every saturday afternoon yeah they were dedicated and they were into it the boys are at the back of mvac training and throwing balls around now all the time yeah all year round those boys are on the court yeah so tell me what what age groups for I'm going to concentrate on the Swan Hill Carnival because it's a relatively small one. It's soon. It is. It's that's a junior carnival. Yes, it's usually 14s and 16s, yeah. or, it might, or it might go 14s, 18s. Mm, I think yeah. it's 14s, 16s to be honest. Yeah. So if we were to take away, because let's be honest, it wouldn't take much to get sponsorship. Um, to me, the sponsorship's not really the issue. We've got bus drivers amongst us. Yeah. I'm a bus driver. That's you right. Know? You are. How hard is it you to get club? <laughs> How hard is it to get a bus? You know, not we know hard. people. Yeah. You know, that side of it, sponsorship, basketball is uniforms. We own uniforms. Oh well, there you go. Well, then we, what are we waiting for? We own Donnie four, coach. four sets Can you play of basketball? teams. <laughs> Cannot play basketball to save myself. Can we just – that's on record that Donnie said he cannot play something. No, no, I'm pretty pretty ordinary at it, I've got to admit. Um, is it just a – look, I'm a, parent, I'm a parent, obviously, of a kid that plays basketball and he also plays footy throughout the year, so you're travelling every second week. Um, yeah, during the summertime, I get busy with work and all that kind of stuff, so you haven't got that time. I just think that – it's hard for parents to take their kids to everything. I know there's people now that are taking their kids to one kid in particular. I know Julian Nayudica. His mother took him to a chuka on the weekend. It's something to do through the Majura heat and all that kind of yes. stuff. And there's yeah. other kids that actually driving to Majura during the during the winter to play basketball. Um, it's just a big commitment. So but coming off the footy season, that's yeah. all. Five years ago, you had one or two kids playing in Mildura. Stevie mm. Bowden has done it. I've followed Stevie. I've been, you know, yep. always on his case. How you going? What have you? Yeah. Last year, you had teams that were all Robin Ball ex yeah. people, and they took out the final. You know, you've had um, Rob Cox, Seth Connell. Yeah, you know, they could be like yeah. a rock and roll side. It was Damien Jackson was involved yes. in one. Ex-local. Um, all them guys, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know. And, Mark and Doolan, they did well. I think, was in there. Well, Mark Doolan has been, he's my age, and we've been playing since we could walk, I think. But he played here in Rumval too, you know. So to see those Rumval people down here, like Mildura people down here playing too, it's fabulous. It's well, I totally agree with you that footy finishes very shortly. 
And then basketball is probably the next biggest thing that happens in our town. Yeah. But, yeah, not enough happens in the summer now with our tennis. Look, I was big on cricket when I was growing up, and now we can't yeah. even get a cricket comp. No, mm-hmm. the um, the Cricket Association, as far as juniors, there's Cricket Blast, and which is the little kids, and then there's like a junior team, I want to say. Yeah. Friday nights, yeah. yeah. But it's not yeah. as big as it used to be, Jay. Like, See, it would just be massive. We, we understand that, and we know everybody like looks to, for the end of footy to catch up on everything at home. Mm-hmm. But our comps through the week... You don't travel to play basketball in Rumbar. No. You're in town. Correct. You know, I have had parents complain because they've had to drive from Derna Road or this road or that road. I live in E section. You know where you live. Mm. <laughs> you know. Mm. And we're in here four or five times a week. Yeah. And committed hey, but- to it. But we're not travelling out of town. No. You know? And the cultures of kids playing basketball. Mm. It is amazing. It, it's you know what it is, and I say this all the time wherever I go, particularly in Swan Hill. The basketball competition here, as far as numbers and talent with our juniors, is phenomenal. And you wouldn't. It's bigger than Swan Hill. Swan Hill got four courts. We got one, and we're running it four nights a week. So, can I tell you a little statistic? Swan go. Hill have six hundred and something players, four courts. We have four hundred and fifty players, one court. Is that six hundred just juniors or all? In- no, all are exactly. And you know they have to find their own umpires to play in their senior do comp. They? Their ump- they have less umpires than we do. Yeah. And they have to find their own umpire, and if they want to pay them, they pay them. Yep. If that umpire wants to do it for nothing. We have graded umpires here. Mm, we do. You know, we've we've graded more umpires in the last three years than what in the last 10, 15 years. Mm, mm. So, you know, we've come That's a long way. That's a credit way. to you, Paula, because so, you're the one pushing the refs. Pushing, yeah. Trying yeah. to bring up these young kids. And then, yeah. you know, you don't want the young kids to stay here forever. You want them to go on, grow, yeah. move away. And but hopefully, And hopefully, <laughs> yeah, come back. Well, Peter Jealous is one. He umpires elsewhere while yeah. he's away at uni. Come back, get on the court, Peter. Yeah. 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 But it's great. Yeah. And it's that thing we were talking about a couple of weeks ago with Leon. If you've got those skills, if you can be a ref in particular, and I know with refing and with um, netball umpiring in particular, when I've moved away, it's a great in. Like even when you move overseas, when I moved to London, you can't contacted a basketball, uh, netball or whatever and you go, I'm a ref, yep, come and play. And then you've got a, it opens it up to a whole group of people Well, look and what friends. we got with Nikita. She came into yeah. town and said, I'm a referee. Hey, get on the court yeah, now. Great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one game and it's like, yep, she knows what she's doing and, yeah. you know, it's a great asset to run back. She's it's now gone and hopefully she comes back. It's a great asset to yourself personally, I think. Like yeah. it's a, Because not only, and I've spoken to Jane about this too, if you can ref and you know rules, you're a better player. Hands smarter down, player. A, a smarter player, and you know, you know when you're drawing fouls. You know, you know, you know the rules, and you just you can play, yeah, accordingly. Yeah. Um, Paula, the AGM, you're in desperate need of committee members to help yeah. you guys out. How many people are on the committee now? There's usually seven or eight consistent members. Yep, we're lucky that Yvonne Brown is our treasurer and mm. doesn't often attend our meetings, but she's finance manager of the Euston Club and my sister, so I always suck her into this stuff, you know. Right. So our books are really good. Yep. You know, they're all done spot on. She's happy to keep doing that. Terrific. Maz and Shannon, president. Mm. I'm vice president. Maz, junior vice president. Yep. They want to step down from the committee this year. Well, they've got a grandchild now. They want to spend time with him. Let's give them five years and they'll be back at Aussie. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. That's my goal. Yeah. Let them go and have their children. Yep. They'll come back. They'll come back. You know. I've got a grandchild too, so I've got mm. four more years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they've done a fantastic job. Yep. Maz come into a time where I was getting snowed under because mm. we completely turned our association around mm. from the old paper days. Yep. 
we literally had to sit there and do every draw, you know, go from the old ready reckoner and make the draws, type them out, do them. We turned it into Sporting Pulse. We were the first one in the area to go live online pay registrations. Yep. Oh, wow, what a difference it made to the workload. Yep. It's been a huge setup for Maz and I and we've brought it through that every year we've added stuff in. Like the Sporting Pulse app, like the football, the scores are there, the statistics are there. And people check them. Oh, yes. People check them. I check them. Do you know there's some kids out there that tell me if the score sheet's wrong? (laughs) Yeah, no, I've got an 11-year-old that checks them pretty often and they know if they're being ripped off a point or not, that's for sure. But, um, yes. But, yeah, like you made a, a valid point there, Paula, that there's over 400 kids, you said. and There's, there's 450 only s- registered re- players. And you've only got seven or eight members on the committee. committee yeah, yeah, that look, surely those seven or eight people didn't have all those kids. So surely you can put your hand up to help out in some way. I've been there since 2011 on the committee. Mm. Purely because my kids were playing mm. and I was coaching, refing, you know, same thing. I haven't had any children play for the last four or five years and I'm a grandmother now. Mm. And there's grandmothers out there. There's grandmothers sitting on the side of the court helping coach. Yeah. There is a many of coaches on the side of the court that have no experience but they're there mm. because they want their kids to play. Yeah. And sometimes it's their experience in other sports mm. that's taught them the fairness and the, you know, team play – and in and juniors, that's the important bit. The I mean, important. You know, the technicalities of the game will come later, yes. but it's the fairness and the sportsmanship and the participation and just encouraging and including everyone that's in that right. team. Yep. Um, and, mm. and the kids here, most of the kids are great at all of that and the parents are too, whether and they play or not. The competitive, like you've got parents like Shannon always mm. um, coach, Vince Unica and those, you know. It is great the passion that these parents have when they mm. get out there because you know they've had the experience. But then I know a mum, Donna Wright, took her girls to premiership team, mm. knew nothing about basketball, mm. and just come to me constantly, Paula, what do I tell them? Paula, what do I say <laughs> to them? It's like, tell them this, get in there, get in there, put the hands up, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and it's parents like that mm. that we need. Mm. You don't need that basketball experience. Like, no. We're looking for a secretary. Usually the secretary's scary. But <laughs> because <It's> scary, <laughs> because our secretary job is not scary because mm. you don't do the sporting pulse, you don't do the basketball. Diana come in to basketball. I hate basketball. I'm not doing basketball. But as a parent, she stepped up to the plate for her children to play. Yeah, and she does and did her, a great job. She does her minutes, and yeah. she you know she actually learned to score. You know, she's like dynamite yeah. on that scoreboard. Yeah. Um, so that's what we need parents to you know say look I've never done this before but I'm willing to have a go yeah I'm willing to, yeah I'm willing to get in, involved for my kids so the AGM is this Thursday Thursday night Euston pub yep so six o'clock if you want to order tea I was gonna say go for a meal that's oh, the best way to it. have meetings we always do we that's why we always go to Euston pub we yep. support sob their kids play too and yep. it's you know and it's convenient because we've always found the amount of members in Euston the amount of members out e section mm. it's a central place mm. so we meet there because because again, we don't have a meeting room yep. in our home stadium. No, we don't. Because our leisure centre is not big enough. Another story, another <laughs> ball game there. But uh-huh. Yeah, I'm all, I'm all over it. Don't so, you worry. So yeah, six o'clock order tea, six thirty start our meeting. Great. And hopefully we get off to a great year. Perfect. So if you want to get involved, parents, we're looking for a president. A junior vice president and a secretary in particular, but as many committee members and volunteers. You don't yeah. even have to come to every meeting if you're just a committee member, do you? That's right. No. Just mm. get involved, put your hand up. So 
the committee at least knows that you're there and can help. That's right. Paula? Wait, Donnie wants to say something. Uh, Paula, I just like to see the passion in your voice and in your eyes, and it's great to have such passionate people involved in our sport. So I congratulate you on that. Thank you. Um, I'll put my hand up to coach my kids' team. Woohoo! And as, as I said earlier, I've got no idea, but I'll YouTube it and find something out, surely. <laughs> So, I'll um, give you a rule book, Donnie. Yeah, give me a rule book because um, I'll be tackling and they'll be punching. Oh, no, 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 no. Lot, it's so. not tackle, it's so, defence. 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 So put me in up, put him in a team, give me five or six oh. kids, whatever you want to do, and I'll, I'll train them once a week and I'll get them on the court and I'll get them sorted. You've so heard you've got that. me in. One I can't coach jump on down. the committee, but I might get Carmel to come to the meeting. She was Yay. talking about it the other day. Oh. Um, but it's great to have passionate people like you because if we haven't got you in the – people like you in the town – would have nothing because uh, you can see other sporting clubs it's are dropping everywhere. off at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's thank just you very much. We, we all go through these slumps. Like you know, f- three years ago we had two hundred and fifty members. Mm. Two years ago we had four fifty, four sixty, um, and for us a really passionate thing for me. Our numbers dropped a little this year, but the number of multiple players mm. yeah. playing juniors and seniors mm. blew me away. Yeah. It comes back to the skill level of the kids here because they are, they're playing all the time. Um, And there's just a lot of, if we can get Stevie more involved here because he's got more time now. Um, Donnie, amazing, well said, he's committed. Carmel will come along to the committee meeting. I'll have a Thursday night. Thursday, they're in Port Douglas, but you can put her down. Uh, Put her down as secretary. (laughs) Thursday night at the Euston Pub. Go for tea from six o'clock. Paula, thank you very much. We will see you on the court this year. Thank you, guys. Something different uh, now. We're going to talk to Quentin Norton. Welcome, Quentin. Well, thank you very much for having me. You're a man that wears many, many hats. Ambo. Got a few, yep. yeah. Yeah. Uh, we were just talking to Paula about basketball. You're still involved in basketball? Are you going to coach this year? Uh, probably, I don't know. They sometimes give me a coaching job. Uh, I usually <laughs> just wait until see, wait to see what they uh, will give me, but I uh, will try and play again. So. What about committee? You or Jupe? I have been asked uh, mm. a number of times, mm. yes. Uh, President? <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting to see because uh, I'm still I'm chair of the uh, hospital and I'm chair at uh, Network House. So hopefully once I drop one of those, I might have a bit of time to do some other stuff. Mm, you're mm. not dropping chair of the hospital, are you? Uh, yeah, it's a mandatory thing. We have to actually it? drop it. Yeah, so uh, the government brought in some new rules to yep. say that uh, we could only be on the board for nine years. Um, I've, I was lucky enough to get a term that went three years, so put me into the 10th year. Okay. But you have to, you can only be chair for three years now. So oh. uh, my term of chair is coming up at the end of this year. So at the next AGM, there will be a, a new chair. Right. So when's the AGM and who's going to take over the chair? Uh, well, hopefully, uh, we'll see what happens at the AGM, but hopefully the vice chair uh, will step up and I'll step down to mentor the, I don't think it needs much mentoring. Who's the vice chair? The vice chair is Bruce Myers. Okay. Oh, I don't think Bruce. Much. <laughs> I don't think yeah. he needs, needs much mentoring. Mm. He'll know exactly what to do. So mm. that'd no, be good. He's uh, quite qualified to, um, yeah, to step up into the role. And he's a good man, Bruce. Mm. He's. Uh, did you see him at the um, Blossom Festival? Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, well. <laughs> Uh, is it controversial to say I reckon he was better than the Shantuzis I reckon <gasps> oh, oh my don't god don't tell Bruce that but, but you know that was their third gig of the weekend they played two gigs Friday, Saturday night they played in Echuca and holy, then yeah and then holy. came to the Armand Blossom Festival for Sunday mm. Well, it, I mean, they, they know how to crease a pl- uh, please a crowd yeah. they, you know, they know what songs to play and get people dancing but 
you actually feeling sorry for them for working for a living, are you, Jay? That's what they do. <laughs> I don't the singers, they got to sing. And I, I don't think he cl- thinks it's work either. He, I think they have a ball on, on. on stage. That, it's not work for Bruce. Bruce is one of the council directors. Yeah. So, mm. but it's, yeah. I think it's more of a vocation for him because all of his kids are sort of grown up. He's got a couple of kids at uni now. Yeah. And so I suppose he's got the freedom to do it. And he, but you're right. They enjoy mm. it. And they, they are. It. They're crowd pleasers. So good on to Now let's talk a little bit more about, we're talking about um, you and the ambulance service. Yep. Um, and you came out to my place the other day. For my son So I thank you for that Because I didn't have to do much You did all the work Before I got there Yeah I know But it's one of those things That and Probably most parents Will know what I'm talking about When your kid is um, Is Is looking at you Can't breathe And is clearly scared It's really hard To keep calm yourself And then when I say Right I'm ringing the ambulance There's always that little bit Of hesitation what if they're busy? What if, you know, what if he calms down in half an hour? Which he really kind of, he did eventually. But there's always that sort of hesitation. And then, and I was talking to a few people in the in the medical field the next day. And they're like, mate, the best thing you can hope for is a false alarm. That's the best possible outcome. And I was like, well, okay. But it's kind of one of those things. And because we're so far out and I wrote a bit, I wrote a piece for the Sentinel this week about how while I was on the phone to the triple zero operator, she couldn't quite get, she kept saying, oh, they'll be there soon. They'll be there soon. I'm like, they're going to take half an hour to get here. Oh, no, no, no. It'll be six minutes. No, it won't. <laughs> We're 23 Ks out of town with a 5K driveway. And I know who it'll be that'll drive in. Do you want me to text them? Yeah. Well, what do you mean you know who it is? And I'm like, well, it'll either be Uncle Cole, Quentin or Charlie. <laughs> and she just couldn't get ahead yeah. around that. But yeah. so my point was, and I was saying this to my husband because he was saying, it'll be fine, he'll be fine. And after the third round of Ventolin and the second Nebularis and he wasn't responding and he was starting to go a bit blue in the lips, I thought, no, no, no. Call triple zero. Like, yep. that's why we pay our mem- ambulance membership, isn't it? it? Exactly right. And, uh, you know, you if ever in doubt is what we say, you you call triple zero. Yeah, you, it, there's. I get personal phone calls and I go, yeah, why are you calling? Just call triple zero. I'll yeah. come. Like don't, you don't need to bother about. You know, yeah, it's what it's our job, literally. Well, like, <laughs> that's it. And thank God that it's your job because mm. without you, like there would be just you know you and Charlie and Ash, who's got fifteen jobs. Um, where he finds time to be? What do you call them? ACOs, ACOs so they're ambulance right. community officers. Yeah. yeah, so they do a great job. We've got a good bunch of ACOs now. So yeah, you see, really we've got eight ACOs. Is that yeah, right? yeah, eight or nine. There's a um, a couple that are uh, you know getting into their twilight years, and a couple that have just started. <laughs> so it's been good. Yeah. How do you go about becoming an ACO? So it's an application process and they have different uh, training um, sessions throughout the year. So mm. the next um, application process probably won't start until the start of next year. So, well, you can apply now, but you actually won't start training until the start of next year. So you end up having to do some online training and then some uh, face-to-face, like I think it's two weekends or yep. I think it is, face-to-face training. And they teach you how to use our equipment. They yep. teach you... Um, how to drive mm-hmm. uh, so that's a, a very important part mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. and uh and so yeah you learn you can give a certain amount of drugs so there's uh, all the non-iv stuff so all the you know we've got um heart medications and you know other mm. sorts of stuff that pain relief and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff that they can give and uh yeah so they can uh, like Manang has uh, ACO only crews really so the, yeah that Manang has uh where they can just respond and and treat as an ACO crew whereas we're lucky enough to have paramedics in Robindale mm. where um, so an, a paramedic will go with an ACO and they'll help us out and then mm. they can drive. Mm. Now there's four paramedics here? 
Uh, including well, Emma, who's on light duties. Well, there's two full time that are associated with Robinvale. Okay. So there's just Cole, who's the team manager, yep. and, and myself yep. uh, that work here. And then um, Charlie, whenever we're on holidays, mm-hmm. Charlie will come down and uh, help us out. So um, if Cole's on holidays or I'm on holidays, and we get a fair few holidays throughout yeah. the year, so it's, it's good. <laughs> yeah, but you need it. <laughs> um, they come, uh, Charlie comes down and helps out. And Emma, of course, she's um, on light duties. And because she lives here, they said you can do light duties in Robinvale if you like. So, um, oh, yeah. that's nice. So, yeah, it is good. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, you're getting a extension. An AMBO station. Yeah, hot off we the call press. It, a station. Uh, it is a station. Yeah, it's yeah. attached to the hospital though. So mm. uh, when they built the hospital back in two thousand, I think it was two thousand one, mm. mm-hmm. uh, the ambulance ambulance Victoria or rural ambulance Victoria, I think it was at the time, said, "Here's a good way to save money. We'll just try and tack a little ambulance <laughs> station onto the oh, side of the hospital." Oh, that saving money thing. Yeah, mm. but uh, we quickly outgrew that, um, and so we uh, lobbied to try and get a bit of an extension because at the moment when we train the ACOs uh, we have to use and the hospital has been very gracious in um, I should call it the health service actually it's Mm. not a hospital it's a health service Um, it's been very gracious in helping us um, uh, with a training space for the ACOs Mm. but we need our own sort of store is is running you know we've got nowhere to store stuff we've got no training hall all that sort of stuff so um, yeah it'll be a new office uh, training hall um, a storeroom and a delivery room it'll be yeah it'll be excellent so hopefully that'll start in a month or two um, you'll see some changes to the front of the health service mm. and it'll push out the front of the, the ambulance station and it'll be hopefully finished by the end of the year wow that mm. is exciting Do now still- talking about the health service slash hospital mm-hmm. <laughs> again I was there Wednesday night it's like it's only a not even 20 years old that hospital is it yeah well that's right the new one yeah yeah, yeah. so we uh, there's the the obviously the the old part of the hospital is still being used uh, as um, a health and well-being center we call it uh, so all the allied ser- services are out of there and uh, yeah the new section is um, well utilized there's an urgent care center um, there's um, inpatients and there's the nursing home and then uh, we have three campuses so we've got the riverside campus as well which um, is uh, well used it's doing okay and we've got the Manang campus so um, yeah we've got that as well very good uh, Quint just um, just to fill in our listeners what services are you providing down there in the way of x-rays ultrasounds and all that kind of stuff because I know coming towards the end of footy season there'll be a few guys got to get uh, ultrasound well I'm one of them and I'm not sure whether I can go to the hospital and get them or not so where are we at with that at the moment well unfortunately uh we have been without a radiographer sonographer for a little while now we've been uh, actively trying to recruit one for a fair while but um we haven't been able to secure one in the interim we've actually sent off um a a nurse a couple of nurses to do um that they can do emergency x-rays now so we can we can do x-ray services uh sort of a nurse-led x-ray service uh but ultrasound type stuff uh, will still probably have to be done in mildura yeah, we, it's not because of lack of uh, facilities. We've got mm. uh, all the equipment there. It's just we haven't got the, the person on the ground to actually physically do it, yes. which is, always seems to be the case in Rombal is, mm. uh, 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 you know, attraction and retention of staff is a, is a huge issue. Uh, how can we fix that? Give well, us the magic formula, Quentin. How do we fix it? Well, the, whole, the health service has already tried with um, uh, attraction through uh, accommodation. So we own and rent out uh, at... 
a low cost, uh, a number of uh, houses already. So we have just built a new one uh, this year that was on Latchy Road, and that's for, you know, to try and attract and retain staff. Uh, we, you know, also offer um, money. That's the... <laughs> That's a lot of money, yeah. uh, and it does cost us a fair bit. And we have had uh, in the, I think they're gone at the moment, but we do have locum services. So we've uh, had people come in at a huge cost to, to try and have, you know, we had a three-month service or something of the uh, radiographer, sonographer type services, but it, that's only when they're available. So. What about an ag visa? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can, you know, get an ag visa if to we, get uh, them in here. And to, but if Ali Cutler comes to, comes to the party, there was a talk of you know changing some applications i mean we do have a lot of uh ripened nurses and stuff like that so overseas trained nurses and yeah. all that sort of gear that, so there are um other programs that we use but not for the allied so, so you know uh, we're talking about podiatry physio you know osteo, uh, um, ot speech all that sort of stuff we retain we try to retain uh one of each um discipline and so it it is hard to try and keep those uh discipline when we're not specifically funded to yeah, do it so of the, course yep. yeah so it just comes down to the old adage of town just how do we keep them here like if you've got a family there's the facilities aren't here really to keep a family here yeah and, and uh, I, I think it's the, the lifestyle attraction i suppose it's it's interesting i um i was talking to a couple the other day and i said oh how long have you been in oh we've been here about uh, eight months or something i said oh, okay so what brought you to town oh we we looked for a spot they came from um queensland yeah. and we said we look for a spot that had a river had good fishing had yep. good weather and the, i said you have no one else in town no, they literally moved to robin vale but for how, the lifestyle how old was that couple yeah retirees yeah, yeah but a, yeah. the thing is like uh, you know if you can um, i suppose exploit that lifestyle yeah. um opportunity and yeah. it was it was spoken about in the um the housing strategy for the council where they say well you know those lifestyle blocks how about we try and exploit that lifestyle opportunity yeah. that sort of stuff like i think it's a multi pronged yeah. um, effort too you can't just say yeah, there is one you know silver bullet that's gonna yeah. that's gonna solve the problems but uh, if you can try and come at it at all angles and yeah for sure look um, at the end of the day I, you know, I travel to Majura nearly every morning for work and I, I see the amount of cars coming this way for, that are actually taking money out of our town to take back to Majura because they're working here and I think geez, only if they could stay and live in Romba how much money more would be generated in our, you know, our yeah. economy but it's it's hard to keep it when they've you know if they've got a family two kids and a dog and a cat it's it's hard for them to stay here unless they've got family connections or like yep. you said they love fishing or they love the river it's yeah, just yeah. it's hard that's to keep right. them so mm. um but that's it's also the where are they going to live you know so but that will now that we've got the housing strategy the population study that's they're the and i've got my counselor hat on here they're the documents that we needed to sort of roll on Exactly yeah. right. Um, and, and I've already passed on that information about the population study to um, our my boss at um, Ambulance Victoria and said, well, because, um, you know, it makes a big difference. Mm. And, you know, we've got uh, a lot of job numbers um, in Robinvale. For, so we average about two jobs a day, uh, being a 24-hour period. Yeah, okay. On, on average. And um, we're probably one of the busiest 8-6 uh, branches. Oh, I, call it eight six we're on for eight days and off for six yep so we start on a thursday go through to a thursday and then you're off for six days yep and there's certain branches that are called eight six branches so you'll have a sea lake or oyun or you know those type of towns yep whereas sea lake and oyun don't have sort of the job numbers that we would have um so they have 
you know, less than us. But us and Kerrang would probably be, you know, the highest um, job numbers that you get yep. around our area. Um, Kerrang because they do a lot of transfers through to um, Bendigo, Bendigo and all yeah. that sort of stuff. And, mm. and we do a lot of transfers through to Mildura. Mm. Um, we're having trouble um, with doctors, obviously. Yeah. That's been a, a situation. Mm. So, um, but the hospital has changed that, uh, well, well, trying to change it the health service is trying mm. to change it i keep saying hospital it's, it is on a, a council sign that says hospital but technically yeah. uh we're a health service um is there any hope of it ever becoming a small hospital or what's the give us what's the what's the difference is it because we don't have you said before we have inpatient services yeah uh, but we rely on um vmos they're called so visiting medical officers so okay. the, the gps in town um get a cr- credential to be a uh, to be able to um, I have hospital privileges. Yeah, having yeah. patients and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. So um, at the moment, uh, if you're a, a hospital, that ass- that is assuming that you have an ED, a functioning ED with um, doctors uh, uh, yeah. employed by the hospital. Yeah. So that's not our situation. So we're, mm. we're a health service. We provide, you know, the allied services, the, you know, other stuff. Yeah, the other stuff. Uh, but we have got a, a system now uh, with a doctor app. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, we call it the doctor app. It's uh, pretty much you can go in if there is no doctor on call, like no VMO that's available. Yeah. Because um, they there is um, they are providing VMO services at the moment. But if there is no doctor. Um, at that particular time, then you can uh, Skype, I suppose it is, like uh, you, yeah, you have right. a FaceTime with a, a doctor yep. and they can prescribe, they can That's do like all that. That's like Have you used that? No. Oh, is it the same Quokta. sort of thing? Yeah, same sort of thing. Right. And it's for it's not for like if you were critically ill, you'd still want to go and see your GP. Yeah, yeah. But if you need a referral or a script, yep. um, yeah, same thing. You, you log on, you pay and you Skype, they yep. have a chat, yes, no, maybe all that sort of stuff done yeah that's yeah. yeah, good yeah which is a great and not many people know about it the way you looked at me clearly you didn't know about no Quokta, I didn't know that yeah. but it's, I think that comes from 12 months ago being home with a new baby and watching daytime television oh, <laughs> and nice. they advertise you know the old Studio 10 um, but yeah it's a, I've used it once or twice just yeah, for yeah. script repeats and because we're, everyone's well aware that Jane is Flat absolutely snowed under yeah. so if I can avoid you know clogging up her calendar for a script repeat yeah. then you know Quokta's easy enough to do yeah yeah and um, there's similar service i think um john at the pharmacy has got a similar yeah, service for script repeats the medadvisor app yeah so yeah. you can go in and get um script repeats and stuff like that if it's a you know a regular thing that they mm. know about and all that sort of yeah. yeah so you know everyone's trying to do their little bit to try and you know alleviate the, the yeah. doctor situation and i tell you what if everyone keeps doing their little bit and mm. people are aware of what's going on i think t- to date it's been people just haven't been aware and there's been no way to sort of communicate so you coming in today is a really good start to sort of communicate what's going on with the health service and the ambos and all of that stuff um and for me to thank you again for coming out to our place on oh, as i said i didn't do anything you uh, you'd done all the work before i got there so well, the triple he was o, the triple was, o operator helped so yeah yeah, yeah. No, it's good yeah mm. um and he's he's good now so that's good Jade probably just Googled doctor and, uh, and worked out, worked what, to out do. what was wrong yeah. anyway. So. She nailed it. She nailed I, would, it I could have imagined it would have been what, early in the morning, was it, Jade? No. Yeah. No, it was, um, it was 10 o'clock at night, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. He started coughing in bed and you sort of your ears prick up and go, oh, that doesn't sound good. And within five minutes, like, we had him on the couch. and on It the, was that distinctive cough too. It was yeah. that distinctive, creepy type cough. And he had a couple. We stayed in hospital until in the um, in the urgent yeah. care unit until yeah. the next day. So, um, yeah. Take it from me, Jay, that's uh, been there for a sick baby mm. that 
mother's instincts are always right. Yeah. So um, it's, it's what they teach us in Ambo school. Yeah. Actually, they yeah. say even if the kid doesn't look sick, if the mum's worried, yeah. they're sick. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> so, that's one thing that we found pretty quick when we out, we had that issue with our daughter years ago now. And Carmen knew as a new mum, excuse me, that something wasn't right. And mm. um, yeah, then the ambulance was great with us, and yeah, it all got sorted from there. So never think that uh, you're. Yeah, you know, you're burdening these guys because if you think they've got a problem, there's probably a problem there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's quite funny the amount of people that we go to that apologise for calling us mm. is just hilarious. Right, because like, you, you, you do kind of feel yeah, feel bad, especially after half an hour and his heart rate had come down and his breathing was much better than it was. Yeah. But when you see as a mother, and Carmel would know this as well, Jude would know it as well, mm. when you're sitting with your child and the fear in their eyes because they can't breathe, you're just like, yeah. all right, triple O, that's like, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Enough hesitation. So thank you guys. Well said, Donnie. Again, she should get good at this podcast stuff. Um, thanks for coming in, Quentin. We might catch up with you in a couple of weeks. And no, I just wanted to mention stuff. actually about uh, Network House. Oh uh, yes. So because they're doing a lot of uh, good work. Yeah. And um, I'm I'm heading there uh, just after this actually yeah. to have a chat about what else they're doing. So if you don't know uh, what Network House do, they do a lot of um, well. It's trying to reach out to the people that don't uh, necessarily get um, uh, much input in town, so mm. the marginalised, all mm. that sort of stuff. So mm. they are doing tax help at the moment. So oh. if uh, if you are of a low income and um, a reasonably simple tax return to fill out, then mm-hmm. you can um, – I think they're just winding that up now, actually, because um, it's towards the end of the, the tax yep. time. Yep. Um, and uh, there's some other courses that are going – I can't remember. We just recently had a Thai cooking yeah, class. Yeah, Thai cooking there. class. And I yeah, wanted to go to that. Yeah. yeah they filled that too. And there will be some information coming out. There's a big event coming up in October that um, oh. I can't tell you right now, but it's oh. going to be an absolute cracker. It's a oh. mental health night and there's a guest speaker that's coming that's going to be um, really, really Can we get good. an interview for the podcast? Yeah. We'll say that right now? Yeah, yeah great. Yeah, we'll try and set that up. That'd be good. Um, also, Carolyn has told, she's telling people she's retiring. Surely that's not allowed. End of the year. No. Well, who's going to take over that job? I've got no idea. Maybe, um, well, it will be advertised. And Hmm. so it'll be something to think about. Yeah, something to think about for someone that's out there. It's, um, uh, well, reasonably flexible in how how many hours we can deliver. We we do about 30 hours a week. So when those hours are um, delivered, it's up to the. 30 hours a week? That's a lot. Yeah, it's almost. Well,. Yeah, Carolyn does a lot more than that, I think. I was going to say, she's <laughs> she, always there. Yeah, she she works really hard for us. She's done a great job. She's so, just yeah. a godsend, that woman, isn't and, she? And she's been there pretty much from day dot, so yeah. she's um, a wealth of knowledge in there. Mm, and we're going to lose her. Well, That's... what we need is actually a, a bloody a migrant resource centre is what we mm. need, really. Mm. Um, we've been talking about it for ages of trying to find out ways that we can lobby government or try and – and I think this population study will help us out because mm. um, to, to say, well, look, we're underrepresented here and the people that don't get counted um, actually need help. Yeah, here. correct. Mm. Yeah, so, it might be a job for the feds. Um, just quickly, while we're on funding, who, mm. how, where does Network House get their funding? Neighbourhood uh, Houses uh, Victoria. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, Pretty much. So, yeah, it's a funded through neighbourhood houses. Yep. Uh, but we also uh, do some educational stuff. So there's, you know, Department of Education gives some funding as well. Oh, excellent. But we're always up for donations. So, if you yeah. can, uh, so when we, <laughs> as always. You know, when we when we cook snags and all that out the front of uh, yeah. Bargain Basement, yeah, we're just raising funds. We do raffles and all that sort of stuff to yep. try, and, try and get funds in there. Mm. Great. Quentin, you're a wealth of knowledge. Thank you very much for coming in. We'll no chat to you in a couple of weeks. Will do. Thanks for having me. Thanks, mate. See ya. Talking Tongan with Kato. 
Chelsea, you're going to talk to us about the Sentinel soon. We have a launch date for the website. Mm, interesting. It's exciting. <laughs> exciting. Exciting. September 1st, it'll be up. Oh, yes. Yeah, Marion and I have sort of sat down and September 1st is the... Is when it's going to kick off. Yeah. So that's Get on it, Robin So we've got room for advertisers, but it's a bit limited. So um, I've got packages. If anyone wants one, please feel free to contact me. Um, Kato, what's in the paper this week, please? So on our paper, we've got the popular day for Almond Festival, marrying the finalist best of... Best off-ground competition? Yeah, now that's the competition that the footy club entered her in. The best, um, best off-the-ground like committee person. And she came like, Donnie will know about this, like best volunteer committee per- Is she on the committee? Yeah, she's, yeah, she's secretary, secretary yeah. yeah. has yeah. been for like 80 yeah. years. Yeah. Um, she, she's she been finished there longer fifth. than me. Yeah, so. well, well, that's saying something. Because yeah, exactly. you're what, 75? Nah, nearly 80. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and she finished fifth, didn't she? Oh, not 100% sure. Well, yeah. like, I was talking to her yesterday. I think she said fifth. But is the photo – I haven't seen the paper yet, to be honest, because well, it's Tuesday. Um, is the photo of her and Richo – there was a really nice photo. Mm-hmm. Is that in the paper? I'm not saying. Oh, okay, <laughs> fine. Go buy Go it. Go and buy it. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> then we've got the ABS dis- dispute population figures. Mm-hmm. Get your first glimpse of the Robinvale Community Hub Library. Oh, Yeah. The, um, the concept plans. That's a pretty exciting project. And there's a few people, there's about 20 people at the information session. So what's week. happened? We're in a library. Yeah. Okay. Where have you been? Oh, out in the grapevines, I guess. Exactly. Yes. So the, the multi-purpose building at Robinvale College is being reconstructed and repurposed into a public library community hub facility. Cool. Mm. So cool. the plans are, are now public and there was an information session last week. Anyway, more Cato. What else is in the paper? Then we've got the Robinvale College League winners last Wednesday in Wentworth. Results oh. of athletics are also found in the Sentinel. Oh, yeah, the athletics in Yeah, mm-hmm. cool. Cluster, was it Cluster Day? The Cluster Athletics? No? Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Yep. And? Any more? That's it. And footy. That's all I can share. There's always going to be footy. There's always and there's footy. my bit. There's, yeah. My bit and the mayor's bit. She does a bit every mm-hmm. week. Right. Do you want to give it to us in Tongan, Tongan. Kato? Why in you Tongan is. Malo lele o ata fa fa feta fa malo au pito ke potol atonga kotoa ko fa fe iat ki motol ke moomi o kumi aseno pa kukau e polokalama ko nikin hanga tokoni ki tau toka kai tonga ke tau malava ilo nga hi polokalama koko i tau kolo pa fe ma au pito tau nga hi popo ko fa malo tu a tu heni me familia a katalina makalio ko hi ko moome ange ki he putu pa tau fa kafola wa tu eni ki foha ki hene api mau i he cemetery and um um Mau of Alahia Talina, Kakai, Kotoa, Kainga, Kauma, and Kakais of Nanawa and of Fayanga Nelotu, Oku Fufiama, Pito Tatoka Kaitonga, Ketautu, of Faye Taupo, Kemahino Kakalistiane, Oktautu Fata, Komepo Ilai Tautol, Kakai, or to work at our Nofa Fair for fun, to our Faye Ekiatu, Malo. Malo. I know that's the end because I know that now. <laughs> it's amazing what you can learn. That's brilliant. Kato, thank you. You've got to be, get back to work because you're at the, mm. at the pharmacy today, mm. aren't you? Everyone knows Kato. If you've been <laughs> trying to place who Kato is, Kato's the beautiful Tongan lady that works at the pharmacy. The, big one. <laughs> the, green, the green machine. <laughs> the green machine? Yeah, Why the green machine? Not just the shoes. Oh, oh <laughs> you're, what, what are they? 
Oh, champion shoes. I thought they were sketches. Yeah, nice. Okay, beautiful. Kato, thank you very much for coming thank in. You. Go have some lunch and go back to work. Thanks, Kato. At Leading Appliances, we believe in real service by real people. We've been caring for local families for generations, providing first-class service and advice on washers, dryers, vacuums, fridges and freezers, kitchen appliances, heating and cooling, TV and home entertainment and communications. Avoid the hard sell and buy from someone you trust. Leading Appliances, real service, real we people. We are lucky enough today, like I mentioned earlier, we are uh, recording on a Tuesday because... Donnie's off to Port Douglas. Thanks very much. We're lucky enough, though, to have today Ali Cupper in our studio in inverted commas. We're working on it. We usually record at the Sentinel. Anyway, it's a whole process. Ali, thank you for coming. Thank you so much. I'm excited. Nice to see you in Robinvale. Yeah, well, you know, Robinvale's a great town. It, I, you know, we go, Cuppers go way back in Robinvale. Mm, so. Jimmy calls it Rockinvale. He does call, <laughs> he does call it Rockinvale. That's how much we love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it it's good Rock fun. Vale. We've got a whole day and evening in, in Rockinvale yeah. today. Yeah, so it's going to be fun. That's right. The golf club, politician at a pub club. Club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, it's a slight twist. Politician yeah. in a club. Now, I had made a comment and the, it's come up at Robinvale Improvement Group and Reba a couple of times mm. about um signage and this is a tourism infrastructure type thing yeah about signage um with regard to the arm and heart of australia and whatever julianne loy and i were chatting about the possibility of a big almond oh wow How <laughs> that's about a great that? idea yeah. and i've got a great spot for it yeah. it's a massive bugbear of mine and a lot of other people the intersection just where you turn off to the golf club mm-hmm. onto the murray valley highway mm-hmm. from the sea lake road there's that spot and that's vic roads so it's yours. Pop it there. We, yeah. Well, hey. I mean, let, let's look at it. Let's put all options on the table. <laughs> well, I've got to disagree with that. Oh, God. Because this town was built on grapes. So why yeah, should we put Yeah. That's actually, that's a good point. What about, what about a big bunch of grapes, Jade? Could, we Could you be persuaded big, on that? What about a fruit salad? <laughs> we could have grapes, avocados, nuts, carrots, salad bowl. I don't know. There is two uh, exits and entries into this town, yes. so maybe we could have one at one at one end and one at the other. It's like the taco ad; you can have both. Yeah. <laughs> um, there is a big grape that exists somewhere, isn't there? I swear, I had a t-shirt with the big grape on it as a kid. Oh, I'll have to, I'll have to Google it. Anyway, know. it's a big something. We've got that spot at the entrance. Yeah, yeah, could be yeah. Something well. to talk about. Now, we uh, Donnie was whinging about his council rates the other day. Yeah, you've got this. Is something we've spoken about months ago. Yeah, about the rate structure within state government. Tell us what's happening. Donnie's interested to hear. Okay, Very. so okay, so um, I I don't know much about um, how Swan Hill Rural City Council do their rates so uh, that's my little disclaimer proviso at the start but I know it was only uh, like a point two or a (laughs) 1.2 yeah he's got his notice thank you thank you Donna I'm I'm suddenly learning Mm. (laughs) it sounds weird but it was almost a um almost a discount because our rates only went up 1.2 percent don't quote me on that 1.2 1.8 yeah all right anyway go on yeah okay so um so yeah so I was a counsellor in Mildura for six years so I know a lot about rates so Mm. so the way the way rates are calculated is basically, um, you know, that you make a, a, an assessment of how much it's going to cost in the in the next year to provide all the services that you provide. Mm-hmm. So that's the starting point. And then um, rates are divvied up um, according to um, 
those who have high value properties contribute a bit more. Those who have lower value properties contribute a bit less. Everyone who owns a property contributes, um, but that rate burden is kind of um, distributed, I guess, in a certain way. Um, once you work out sort of, I guess, the, the formula based on um, land value, then um, council, if they wish to, can apply another filter, mm -hmm. I guess, which would be to redistribute that burden based on um, class of ratepayers. Mm -hmm. So that's where you get, say, a farming differential, which says that, okay, so if you've got a farm and your farm is, is worth a million dollars, this is what your mm -hmm. rate's going to be. And that's where the solar farms get... The, the Electricity Act comes in to mm. play there, so they effectively get a, a discount. It's sub, we effectively right. subdivide power, green renewable power, yeah. for the rest of the state, really. Right, okay. So, yeah, so that's and, and that's something that I would be less familiar with because yeah. it's a different yeah. council. Yes. Um, but, but nonetheless, it is my electorate, so mm. I need to find out more about that. Um, but, yeah, so, so the issue, the big issue, is when we – for that – first step which is find out how much services are going to cost to deliver mm. when you're in an isolated rural area mm. that price tag is higher of course than if you're in a really nice densely populated metro area mm. right mm. so um so it costs more to deliver services out in the back blocks than it does in the cities of course yeah now the the federal government um provide assistance grants to all councils mm -hmm. Those federal assistance grants um, basically constitute a lot of money for councils, mm. right? Really, really handy because that they assist to take that to relieve that pressure on ratepayers to come up with all that cash that's needed to run all those services. Mm -hmm. um, but the state government has, um, basically sets the formula for distributing that federal money. Yes. Now, there there is a there, and and so the 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 formula takes into account a few different things. One of those things, though, is population. Now, mm. we would say that's not a particularly good measure because what it means is the higher your population, the more money you're going to get. Mm. And, and we say, but the higher your population, the more people to share the rate burden correct. and therefore the less everyone's rates cost. So and where are they getting the population from? Would they take it from our study or they take it from the census? Exactly right. Mm. Excellent point. So anyway, so um, so what, we, uh, what I'm saying to the state government is rather than putting so much emphasis on population, mm. you need to put it on population density. Yes. Because that comes up with a more accurate um, uh, uh, impression about what the cost burden is to rate pays in a particular municipality mm. and that's why because of all the upward cost pressures we have in a rural isolated area mm. and all of the downward cost pressures you have in a highly populated metro area yep. that's why in Muldura we'll have people saying I've got a property in Turak that's worth a bajillion dollars <laughs> and my rates are seven dollars thirty a, a year yeah. you know and meanwhile I've got a property in you know a block in Muldura or even a, just a house in Muldura mm. that's worth you know like 200 grand and yep. my rates are you know sky a high few thousand bucks mm. so yeah so that that's essentially it's a long-winded explanation but mm. it, it's just i it's, guess it's important though it's to understand to grasp it yeah because because for me um i'm not somebody who bashes on councils about this probably mm. partly because i was a councillor for six yeah. years and i can see it from that point of view i see this as mainly resting with the state government yeah. i think the state government needs to do more of the heavy lifting mm. in terms of distributing those federal assistance grants mm. um based on equity mm. based on what we need yes um so that um we've got um you know far less disparity between what people in the metro areas are paying versus us correct exactly so we're not subsidizing again really subsidizing their rates 
Kind of. Um, kind kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a roundabout kind of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that make sense to you, Donnie? Crystal clear. <laughs> okay, right, yeah, yeah. So we've got we've got work to do, yeah. um, but certainly um, one of the things that I want to work on is is bringing those rural councils together, regional and rural councils together to to lobby in a much more sort of I guess cohesive way to the state government because that doesn't necessarily happen, yeah. um, and so that's sort of the role I want to play in in this space. It does, um, and it's been proven, particularly with the Murray River group of councils, um, we managed to secure federal funding that's going to fund the Bromley Road beautification project. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's a really great point that when you when it is a cohesive effort mm-hmm. and you can come together and work together it's a much more powerful voice Absolutely. than one council doing this and one council doing that so I think something the model like the Murray River group of councils is a great way to go about it yeah yeah for sure yeah. that's right I mean the, the the key thing is um united mm. and consistent correct um because because if you're not united mm. um then of course it's easy to um, walk away mm. you know why would a government have to you know mm. it was, it's easy to pick off one council who cares you know, but it's much harder when you've got an entire block working together mm. and and consistency over time it's, mm. it's not it's not good enough to push it one year and then take your foot off the pedal the next year you yeah. just need to be really consistent about it um and so that's the sort of thing that i want to be able to get into during this term mm. fantastic mm. sounds yeah <laughs> i thought you might have been looking something up um i was actually so get onto the Things we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, yeah, Ali. Yeah. Um, Ag visa, we're out with that at the moment. Ag visa. So, um, well, I've been doing interviews on the ag visa, so yep. c- continuing to spruik that wherever I can. Um, we haven't heard back from the PM's office, um, but what's, what's his hold up? Well, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but but what was good is I noticed that last week. So since the um, you know we, we sort of did a bit of um, media about the invitation to the PM, I did see that Michael McCormack um, was in town with mm. Ann Webster, and they were talking about the ag visa. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's a positive thing. Um, I can't say what happens behind closed doors of the yeah. Federal National Party, but, uh, um, but but I'd like to think maybe that's a bit of a signal that they're talking about it. Um, and also, I mean, I guess maybe I'm clutching at straws, but the fact that we didn't get an immediate no from the PM's office yeah. might be a good sign too. Um, so as I mentioned, I, I know that time is ticking. But this is something, you know, an, an amnesty, um, which is which is a um, probably an extremely viable immediate measure, is something that can be sorted with the stroke of a pen. Mm. We've got plenty of time. They could do it. Yeah. Um, and what I'm saying is help our farmers out. And it happened in America in the 80s. Are you aware of that? Google, no, no. Google the, um, the immigration amnesty in the USA mm-hmm. um, and they did give an amnesty for exactly this reason. Um, I was having a chat to a grower at the Almond Festival about it and they're like, you know, they did this, I think it was 1982 or 1984 about, um, yeah, offering – because they know the same sort of thing as we're feeling here. If if we didn't have the not-so-documented workers here, the mm-hmm. entire economy would collapse because there'd be no one to do the work. It's as simple as that. Well, well, well that's it. I mean, we, we need to, and this is sort of what I've been saying, that, that we, need, we need the visa program to meet the market. We need the visa system to be tailored to meet the needs of our farmers, not the other way around, where you've sort of got, you know, a visa system which is based on other things like, oh, you know, um, we're going to use this as a form of aid to a particular country without sort of considering all yeah. the other factors that are relevant to our farmers, yeah. you know. Um, I just brought something up on the, on my phone, Ali. There is yeah. there is um, some some 
bright future, I think, because there is certain countries that have got an ag visa happening at the moment, such as the Philippines, um, Samoan Islands, India. Mm-hmm. But we're looking to get Malaysia, Indonesia and places like that approved if well, we can. Well, this is what – and this is exactly what I mean by tailoring it to the farmer's needs. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the far, farmers are the ones who are the, the um, best experts on this. They are the ones that are doing the, the hard work and contributing to our economy in to the magnitude that they do. Um, we need to listen to our farmers. Yeah. Um, and, and I would sort of, um, you know, suggest politically – there should be no reason why the federal government wouldn't come to the party on this. You know, we, we know that um, especially, um, and this is why I'm happy to see Michael McCormack and Anne Webster talking about this, a lot of farmers have loyally supported the National Party for a very long time. The National Party, um, being the, the coalition partner, would be able to have the influence to get this done with the stroke of a pen. Yeah, so, so so come to the party, and I'm yeah. not I'm not saying that um, you know I, I'm so, trying to say that as respectfully as I can, but, so but while pl- applying some political pressure. Well, look, I mean the the the, the hold up I that has been expressed to me, and I don't know this for sure, but again, yeah. it's speculation, is that this particular policy issue about um, visas hits up against another policy issue which the coalition government are very attached to which is about being strong on borders now um i would suggest that um with any policy area you've got to be flexible though good policy relies on being flexible and and being able to um be measured about it you know we're not saying that this is this is them having to forego their general view on 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 strong border protection we're saying give a little bit of flexibility um this this might be just for a year it might be just for a particular class of workers it might be just within this very small geographical area but our farmers are telling you that they need this so do it that's that's what we need just a year's trial to see how it goes and the future of towns like rumble will depend on it you know if we haven't got agri visas happening this town could die because we've got obviously almonds grapes olives we got carrots we got everything growing in this area and 100 percent, we need the labor and if we haven't got the labor we're going to see like i said the jade i'm a third generation farmer mm-hmm. and i hope to have my father my son come on as a fourth generation but there's two issues obviously the labor and the water that is a big thing at the moment yeah. and if we can't sort those out very shortly in the near future, then there's going to be so much uncertainty for everybody. A- absolutely. And we want to remember um, what democracy means. Mm. You know, um, democracy means that governments listen to people and that they value our small rural communities. You know, we don't, with all due respect to the big corporations right along yeah. the river um, that are making lots of money and doing lots of things, um, we can't get to a stage where their interests completely override the interests exactly. of, of communities who have and, and farmers and families yeah. who have been here for um, hundreds of years. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, it, it's and in the case of you know, I guess um, you know, water policies which are undermining our indigenous um, yeah. cultures. I mean, th- we're talking about tens of thousands of years. You know, the co- the co- corporate big the big corporates, the multinational corporates aren't insignificant they are an important yep. part of our economy as well but they're not the only important part yep. there's got to be there's got to be a place at the table for everyone i believe absolutely and at that's the moment, right this, it's probably going one way which us small growers probably um on the on the back end of it at the minute and we talk about our shire rates and rates in general if if we're not making money we're going to walk off the farms 
and there will be no shower rates, there'll be no economy whatsoever, and yeah. then all of a sudden everyone's suffering. Well, that's so. it, and it's and it's about you know um, do do we place a value on the uniqueness of communities and the diversity of communities and communities being based on you know having little schools and shops yeah. and um, yeah. you know um, doctors and hospitals and and footy clubs and yeah. whatever. I mean, we, we we could have Robin Vale just as basically a, a, a road you drive through and there's four big corporations on the main street. A, but put, what is that really where we want to go? Put a put a bypass around us. And just go straight well, well, this is it. So, so look to me. I think that we're at a fairly we're at a fairly interesting juncture in terms of politics in a big general sense. It's yeah. it's like you know we've had forty years of you know neoliberalism and everything's yeah. about big corporations and very individualist and very market rules. I think after forty years, people are sort of looking at it now and going, well, who's it serving? Exactly right. You know, yeah. and and have we really? Is this something that we really want to keep? Because where does it end? Exactly. So yeah. on the water issue, do you know much about that at the moment? I know that at the moment we only got 26% allocation, mm-hmm. um, which is not going to get us anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I did get a email from the Lower Murray. I think all growers would have got that last week saying that if the current weather conditions keep up, we'll only be getting 55%, which right. is not going to be enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and to buy temporary water, you're sitting at anywhere between one six fifteen and six thirty at the moment. Yeah. So it's going to be a very expensive exercise. I actually got a wine grape property as well in Trenton Cliffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't be running the wine grapes, fifty acres of wine grapes, if water is that high because it's it's just not not feasible to do it. Yeah. You're not going yeah. to make the returns back. Table grapes is a different story. You're getting the returns back, but. Mm. The way I see it, it won't be before long water will be $1,000 a meg. And it's just getting too dear. Yeah, yeah. But, so, and if you've got a lot of money, you can buy as much as you want. Mm, so mm-hmm. the water's available, but we're not getting it allocated. Over the river, they're sitting at 97%. And yeah. we sit at twenty six. So well, look, and and the, one of the, one of the problems like, I think with the the settings with water is when times are good, when we're not in drought. Big farms right upstream in the north of the basin can take all they want, yeah. and 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 it's and it's not in the interest of the system because it means that when things dry up, mm. um, it, there, there's just simply not enough around. Allocations go right down, and we're not at the worst of it. No, I mean, if, if there's a, if there's another millennium drought, we're in deep trouble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so for me, you know, we need to have more um, integrity in the system. We need to make sure that we start thinking about the river as one river, not mm. not some kind of you know separate things that happen to be on different. Different state borders. Yeah, it's one river. Correct. Um, if if there's silly buggers being played up in the north of the basin, which we know there is, yep. it's going to have an impact on everyone else. It's already having an impact. If you've got big corporates who are entitled to um, huge um, water allocations um, and they're damming basically entire rivers in some cases, mm. that's going to have an impact. They're holding mm. too much water back, using mm. excavators to be able to floodplain harvest to mind-boggling levels yeah. is, is not is not helping. You mm. know. Um, the it's also the, the corporate investment, like the, be, anyone being able to buy water, and that's that's one of the the biggest bugbears. The speculators, of yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that concerned me, I had a briefing on this a little while ago, and um, and I think it was something like they they compared say between a five year period, and at one point, these numbers might be yeah, not yeah. correct, but it was in the vicinity, five percent 
a while ago, um, there were speculators. You know, five percent um, of the water market was basically speculators who weren't attached to any land. And then five years later, it was something like ten or twelve percent. And I remember when I was being briefed by someone, I won't say who I was being briefed by, um, but they were like, oh, no, but it's okay because they're still very low numbers. I'm like, yeah, but look 5%, at the trend. 5% is too much. And then I said, and look at the trend. Yeah, and it's uh, you just know, that, going that, up. That's the problem. And, and who, who is that serving? And you cannot buy a farm now with water on it no. because a previous owner will take the water as an investment mm-hmm. and it's, say, even $600 a meg and the – Allocation on a normal settlement block here of 22 to 24 acres is 80 megalitres mm. of water. Mm. If he, even at $500 a meg, which was in the last season, yeah. he, he's making $40,000 by doing nothing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. The, it, was, it, should not, it shouldn't have been unbundled and shouldn't have been taken off the land to start with. Um, but that's that was not... Yeah, that, w- that wasn't our argument to have because we weren't there when it happened. But they see it as an investment. Where are you going to make forty thousand dollars for mm-hmm. doing nothing a year? Yeah, and that's yeah, only yeah. five hundred a meg. If it goes up to a thousand, there's eighty thousand dollars, which is a person's wage. Absolutely, for sitting down doing nothing. Uh, absolutely, all day. and 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 you get to a point where when when the market gets really really tight, only the big boys or the big girls are going to be in the market, and and that's when you get those um you know pe- people just having to be forced off the, the land. The big will get bigger, and the small will have to go. Exactly. Simple. So so again, like. It's happened with dairy already. Exactly, Mm. that's right. Mm. See the news yesterday where dairy farmers are walking off and selling their cows and Mm -hmm. they've got a thousand... Thousand megalitre allocation. There's, they're just water traders now. Mm-hmm. That's all they're doing because they're making more money doing that. That's right. And th- is that what we want? That, we don't want our it. town to come down that same same street. And, really. And the Murray Darling Basin can only support so much um, agriculture and mm. water culture. And mm. and when you look at those, you know, you can sort of see maps about how you know, um, you know, back in the seventies, the expansion yeah. really happened, particularly in the north. Mm. The question needs to be whether or not we have ever been able, whether that system has ever been capable of supporting that level of cotton growth. Mm. Um, cotton farm obviously don't like when, when you raise that issue but, yeah. but for me that is a big a big issue yeah. because they, they came into the market late or mm-hmm. into the basin late exactly they're making a lot of money the way that industry is configured at the moment is they're sending a lot of that money overseas mm-hmm. we've got to say to what extent is are the things we value as a country being supported by that trend yep you know totally agree um, but where do we go from here? That's that's a million dollar question. Do well, that's we, do we lobby or yeah, you know, like really the way the growers see it at the moment is that we're over a barrel because if we want to keep farming, we're going to have to pay that sort of money for a megalitre of water. Yeah, no, it's it's a great question. I mean, we um we are doing our little bit, I guess, in the way that we um uh we're going to be asking Lisa Neville in question time. We we're going to do it last week. But we're going to have to do it next time now um, about the about Menindi. So Menindee Lakes, you know, yeah. we, we see that as a big issue that affects our side as well. Yeah. And we're going to be saying to her, look, um, number one, um, abandon your support of the Menindee Lakes project mm. um, because what you're doing is you're selling out um, farmers in the Darling for a start. Mm-hmm. But that's a big problem for us because they, they process a lot of their produce in Mildura. Mm-hmm. Um, and in addition to that, if, if, you, if you essentially don't allow Menindee to be – a rainwater tank, basically. Mm. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, if you don't allow it to be that anymore, that's going to eventually put more pr- um, pressure on human dartmouth. Mm. And so even though you might think, oh, well, you know, this is some of our environmental water, you know, that we've been credited for, so yeah. that's good and it's in New South Wales and that's all good and saving evaporation. Yeah. Well, that's 
okay except for except for the flow effect. anymore yeah you're gonna have to get this instead mm. and we're still going to end up where we were before where you're going to have the smaller guys getting smaller they're the ones that are going to be priced out of the market when times are tough yep. and, and and the big boys are going to stay in well what what impact does that have what's the end point there where do we end up we're going to have communities that are fragmented that are um, divided that are having to walk off the land yep. and main streets with just a few corporations along them yeah. who, who wants you know? we get we get frustrated as growers because if the the drought breaks mm. and we get a, a lot of rain in the catchments and they get full mm. um they're saying all the old blockies i speak to say lake airs fill in so next year we're going to get rain that's mm-hmm. that's their theory mm-hmm. anyway and yeah, that happens there's oh, i hope so they're, they're pretty good the old block, blockies when they they talk yeah, about yeah. their old superstitions or whatever but yeah it's just a band-aid fix. We mm-hmm. need the we need to drought proof this for my kids, he their kids and everybody else. That's, that's At the exactly moment it's just right. a band-aid fix. It rains, we're fine for another five or ten years. That's yeah. right. Well and the the other thing we're we're um gonna be saying to Lisa Neville, who because she's our minister, mm. is that Victoria has done a lot of heavy lifting. Victoria has felt a lot of pain in terms of this. We meter our water really well. We've done a lot of work to be able to reform our sector for this. Mm. We've we've put a um a break, which even the the almond, the big almond guys are happy about yeah. in terms of almond expansion here because yeah. we, we we can only the system basically can only support so many big corporate players Correct. because ultimately they'll just barrel over everybody else. Exactly. The, the problem is, and this is the other thing we're going to be pressuring Lisa Neville to do, is to put more pressure on New South Wales politically because otherwise they'll just plant their almonds yeah. on the other side of the bank. And surely there is an argument for that because historically speaking, when you look at South Australia, so we're copying it from both sides. When you look at South Australia and what happened, you know, in the 1800s, you know, downstream, mm. surely they can learn from that and go, oh, well, you know all of that work and we'll talk to councillor moore was telling me about it the other day Mm. and he knows a lot about it because he's read some books and stuff but yeah you know surely they can learn from what impact that all had and realize that the same thing's happening in new south wales so it needs to be fixed now before we really stuff it up for one of yeah yeah absolutely if it's not already stuffed up now um yeah that's that's right we want to yeah that's right can we fix it well well look i I am the eternal optimist i I think i think we can fix it anything can be fixed humans are freaking amazing creatures Mm. like we are smart Mm. we can do whatever the problem is money and power Mm. and at the moment we've got some very powerful people with a lot of money who happen to donate to particular parties um and and that's the core of the problem yeah it's always the core of the problem isn't it money power and greed hey um nice little segue let's talk quickly about power and greed, <laughs> yeah, power yeah. And greed. <laughs> well power and money and Stuff. organizations yeah, yeah. let's talk about Mildura hospital yes yeah okay we're gonna have yes. an answer on that in the next couple of weeks i if, know um, i know well you know um we we are um waiting we are like cats on a hot tin roof at the mm. moment like we just what we want we want to know what's going on. So on one hand, you know, I was in question time. This is why mm. I didn't ask the question of Lisa Neville because I had to, the hospital, yeah. the minister's visit was a bit more um, immediate, I mm. guess. Um, I asked a question to the – to the it was going to be to the Premier, but the Premier wasn't in question time because he had a family issue. Um, so I asked it to the Deputy Premier. The answer he gave was promising. You know, he was mm. saying that, look, you know, the community should decide um, what happens to its, com- you know, its, its, hospital. its local hospital. Yeah. And given that the government's own community consultation said that 90% of the community want it back, that sounds good. Mm. But, of course, 
we're dealing with a very big, powerful corporation mm-hmm. who has the money and resources to put all sorts of little sweeteners and entices yeah. to come before that government. Mm. And so that's why I'm not going to relax. I've said this before until I have that press release in my yeah. hand. It, until it's in writing in front of me, I'm what, not going to relax. What would the rationale be if mm-hmm. they want to keep the model the way it is with the little sweeteners? What do you think their rationale could be? Because it's cheap. It's cheap for well, the government. That's it. I mean, it's, it, it's cheap for the government and they've got a way of keeping responsibility at arm's length. So say, you know, if, if there's an issue or whatever, oh, well, sorry, it's not us, it's a private <coughs> provider. Yeah, you know what, though, and this cheap thing, and I have this argument with uh, Department of Transport all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah, okay, it's cheap, it's cheap, it's cheap, but surely there comes a point where human lives come before the bottom line. Well, well, this is it, and this is what I was saying before. I think that we're, uh, we've had 40 years of neoliberalism, which mm. is the big overarching thing, which is about markets and individualism yep. and small government and whatever, mm. that, that we've had 40 years to try that out. Mm. And this is sort of where we're at. I was going to say, and look, yeah, how's that know, going for that's us? That's right, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's like this idea that, you know, bottom lines are the most important thing because if the bottom line's looked after, well, then therefore the, the wealth will trickle down and everyone will be okay. Mm. Well, the trickle down mm-hmm. ain't happening. No, the, it that's doesn't trickle thing. So if, if, if it trickled down, well, that would be okay, but it's not. Mm. Um, and, and you're right. And so, and the thing is with, with hospital care too, it's high stakes stuff. Mm. You, you don't need much of a. You know, like if, if there only needs to be a slight decline in the standard of patient care because you want to be able to make a profit for people to die. Yeah, but in that's, you that's know, the highest stake of all, surely. That's right. Life or death. That, that's right. And, like, and that's that's what I've said all along, that this is a matter of life and death. Mm. And, and, and that's why – and I've also said – the most isolated community in the state of Victoria mm. deserves the best model of healthcare, not mm. the model that no one else wants. Mm. Because the reality is no other MP in in the chamber where I sit yep. or in, in Victorian government is mm. asking for their community hospital to be privatised. Not no, one. Exactly. There's a reason for that. And we had the conversation with Quentin Norton was in earlier talking about um, how we have a health service and not a hospital. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how Mildura-based hospital is is run directly affects our town absolutely directly. That, that's right because we go that way because it's a lot quicker even though we're part of swan hill council mm-hmm. we go that way because mm-hmm. it's only 80 k's away that's right yeah. so 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 this is it so there is just um the, you know the, the community of interest for this issue is not just mildura mm. it's not just sunraysia it's mm. it's it's all down the mallee track it's mm. into the murray valley yep. um it's it's out towards the south australian border in the Mellow. like it, there are a lot of people yep. um who are affected by this yep. um and like i said you know it it, it might be that um, you know, with a with with the the profit motive, mm. um, you know, there there may be a, a decline in patient care of you know might on paper not seem that much, but it's lies. I don't like paper. I say no, this no, all no, the time. It, when well, it comes right. to education and things like that, there are boxes to be ticked and all the rest of it. I get that, mm-hmm. but you know. Human lives. Well, this is it. So, so it's like you know, one one thing you you do when you're trying to make a profit mm. is you will pare back um, your staffing to the bone, mm. right? So mm. it'll be your you know, um, if if you can get away with having a skeleton staff, you will because yeah. over time that that saves you two point seven million dollars a year. Yeah. So, um, so. Um, but but the problem is, you know, and, and maybe nine times out of ten on a shift, mm-hmm. that's not going to result in anyone being badly hurt. But the one time in ten, it could. Yeah, what if and it could be someone dying trauma. or some absolutely mm. right. And and that and that's where you have the the lack of community trust because mm. everyone has a story. And, and everything that we talk about, Ali, is mm. related. We talk about the state of the roads here, and mm-hmm. we talk about the hospital. There is going to come a point. 
and heaven forbid, there is going to come a point when those crappy roads lead to there being a trauma that needs to be tended to at Mildura Hospital. There's not going to be the resources because they've just decided to save money yeah. that invest in human lives. Well, that's, well, well, that's it. And, yeah. and ultimately, you know, the, um, y- you know, we, we think about lives on the road. I mean, that's that's our kids. That's mm. our. I mean, that, that's all that matters, isn't it? Mm. Exactly. They're, that's they're, you. They're, it's they're, me. It's Jimmy. It's Donnie. Yeah. That's that's right. And mm. um and and that's the government's highest responsibility. You know, I so say their highest responsibility is healthcare. Mm. Um. But but also it's it's safety. Yeah. You know, people matter, and, and that's why and that's why our approach, and we're we're putting together the Mildura brief, which covers those critical areas of um, policy, um, health, education, tourism. Sorry, health, education, tourism, um, roads, and rail. Yeah. Um, because you know, in, in terms of safety on the roads, rail and um, and roads are connected. Mm. Rail is connected to that because, of course, if we don't have farmers using um, the the rail for mm. for freight, and how's the Nangatang line looking? Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. Mm. So that, that's going to be roughly, you know, if they don't complete the Murray Basin Rail project, approximately. Um, 10,000 additional truck movements on those roads which are already terrible per Mm. harvest Mm -hmm. Um, and so that has an immediate flow on effect to the quality of those roads which has an immediate flow on effect to the safety of those um, road users uh, which has an immediate impact to the hospital Um, and when road trauma happens so look government as I've said, my one of my overarching themes is we are Victorians too. Yeah, right. Look after us. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? That all seems like common sense to you and to me. So when are they going to go? Oh, you know what? Yeah, that that does make sense. Well, let's see. Yeah, <laughs> I've always thought that the state government stops at Bendigo anyway, Ali. So because um, obviously you drive to Melbourne, either way you go through Swan Hill, through Sea Lake, the roads are absolutely atrocious until you get to the freeway. Mm-hmm. Just at Bendigo. Perfect. Absolutely yeah. perfect. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you think, well, geez, there is another, you know, three-hour drive between Bendigo and Majuro. Why yeah. aren't they being looked after? So. Well, this is it. And, and so and so for me, you know, like I, I went to an election saying that, um, you know, um, safe seat politics wasn't serving us well. Okay. So so now we're one of the most marginal seats in the electorate. Um, let's see if Daniel Andrews wants to do business with Majuro. And, mm. and, and if he does... That's great, and and we can get a slice of the action that mm. that all of those other seats, which tend to be more competitive, mm. um, tend to get. Mm. Um, and if not, you know, well then, you know, I'll, I'll live by my sword and die by my sword, yeah. you know. But and that's um, all you can do. But all I can do is have a fair crack, and, yeah. and that that's exactly what I'll do for this, you know, opportunity for the three years I have this mm. privilege. Yeah. There you go, Premier Andrews. The gauntlet has been laid down. <laughs> Battle come lines. To, come to business <laughs> with Mildura, Ali. Thank you so much. We could talk to you for. Another couple of hours, I'm sure, about all <laughs> Thanks, of the, these issues. But we really appreciate you coming to Robin Vale and having a chat. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure uh, Donnie does too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much. Um, like, I'm only just a plain old blocky, but to sit down and have a conversation with you was great. And Brilliant. Thanks, know, Donnie. Um, yeah, we support you anyway. If you do get that meeting with um, Prime Minister, you're going to frock up, obviously. Um, oh, we'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. Step we'll, the uh, wife. We'll come down as well. And, That'd be uh, great. We could do it. We could do um, the, the, the veil um, from Parliament. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're getting some big names already, Ali. We've got some <laughs> some stuff lined That's up. Good, so awesome. if, we can, if we can get ScoMo. Great. Yeah, hey, let's, amazing. Let's, let's aim for that. Donnie's just looking for a junket. Ali, thank you very much. We've got to wrap things up. Uh, we will talk to you again possibly next week. Awesome. Thanks, great. guys. Thank you. You're hungry. Yeah. Mm, okay. All right. But you did. We have got through everything, though. We got through a lot today. Are we on air? Are we? Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs>
You never. There's a rule. My first boss in radio. No, Carmel, we're not finished yet. My first boss in radio said, whenever there's a microphone in the room, don't say anything that you wouldn't want the public to hear. Exactly right. Best advice I've almost ever been. Given. <laughs> uh, don't no, Ellie was great, wasn't she, Jay? She's uh, yeah. She she's doing. She says all the right things. She's yes, doing all the right things, yes, and, and yes. she gets it. And the more she keeps, I think, talking to us, talking to you, coming yeah. to Robin Vale. She gets it. So um, it's just now a matter of, like I said before, about the hospital and everything. It's, yeah. it's a matter of getting people in Canberra, in Spring Street, to go, oh, you know what, that is common sense. Yep, that's all it is. Common sense. People who make decisions pushing a pen. Mm. Unfortunately, it's their, not that common. If they got off their backside and come for a drive or come for a fly, they can see it. Well, that's exactly right. Wouldn't it be nice to have Premier Andrews to come here and actually see what's going on. You wouldn't even know where Rumble was on the map. So. Exactly right. Um, Donny, enjoy your time in Port Douglas. When are you back? Um, I won't be back till Thursday next week. Oh, you'll miss out on next week then. Oh, if you want to do it Thursday, we can do it Thursday. No, I don't want to do it Thursday. I'll get Travi Bustle. He's so oh, keen. Yeah, no, Travi will be good. So uh, keen to yeah, have... No, Travi will be good. He and uh, one or two of the Contaf boys have yeah. offered to guest yeah. host. So. No, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. I reckon. Um, enjoy your time in Port Douglas. Thank you, Jay. Don't get too tense. Good luck to the footy boys this week. Because you won't be there. No, um, I won't be there. So you, if the exclusive was you're coaching basketball this year. Going yep. to coach the Rizzies next year? No. <laughs> oh, wow. That was quick. No. <laughs> Not even going to consider that? Not a chance. Okay, cool. Righto. See ya. Thanks, Jay. Thanks for listening to the Vale Podcast. Remember to support our sponsors and shop local.